Hi guys, Biggie Hazard here with the Tottenham Depot from Philip Lane. Listen here. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. The reason that I'm here is because you know, the club is seeking change. Well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a completely different first team under me. You know, my hope and my desire, and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 134 got a packed and fun show for you here today uh spurs obviously didn't get a chance to play in their preseason match their preseason friendly against leicester city uh that one washed out but uh do have another match to talk about and and plenty of other things as well uh we'll start by throwing it out to scott he is at dsm spurs scott how you feeling on this sunday great man it's a wonderful time for the sport of soccer tough tough result for south africa last night Cat and I, Cat and I watched, and I really, I really thought that that we had the upset, upset pulled, but an own goal, and then an 89th minute winner, crushed the dreams of the South African faithful. But you know, first game of the group stage, and against a performance like that against Sweden, who's number three in the world in the FIFA rankings, uh, gives some hope for the rest of the tournament. So, yeah, the the Women's World Cup. Uh... Being in Australia and New Zealand is really doing a number on my sleep schedule. Uh, I'm trying to catch as much as I can, but I am an early riser and uh, off to work most days, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I do know that much, um, but it has no been doubt. fun to watch. Uh, we, we'll we'll do a little check in on some of the Spurs women at the World Cup uh, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Shuban is also alongside to chat Spurs today. He is at the real Shuban. Shubs, how are you on this fine Sunday? Um, really good. As some of you might find out, I um, had a chance to uh, meet Mickey Hazard and Pat Jennings, but not just they're not just not just my name. I actually got to meet Tony and Jason from South Dorset Spurs, who literally travelled like five hours to come to this uh, Supporters Trust, and um, and they're going to be travelling five hours back or something. So it's always good to see old friends. The sun was shining. Unfortunately, not in Manchester, where England would have won. Would have helped retain the ashes, and if not for those damn cheating Aussies, but still, I'm gonna let that go. Yeah, though I know that I know the weather over uh, in the Manchester Liverpool area today was something because I was watching the end of the Open Championship, uh, played it at Hoylake, and uh, that thing was wet and windy and nasty, and those players had a miserable day. Other than than Brian Harmon, who was the champion golfer of the year with his little uh, left-handed uh, tiny swing, uh, congrats to him. But um, yeah, tell tell us a little more more about though about this event, Shuban. This this seems like a cool uh, a, a cool thing for you. And, you. and everyone heard at the top of the show, uh, Mickey Hazard chiming in, and and um, you know what what was what was discussed among amongst these guys, these these Spurs legends, and um, you know what kind of experience was it for you? Well, as some of you guys know, there's a thing called the Supporters Trust, and they're like a fan advocacy group, and they've been doing that for years. So one of the things they did. Was they they were very vociferous in keeping Spurs in White Lane when they were uh, eyes glanced to maybe taking uh, the old the Olympic Stadium. So yeah, so yeah, they're very instrumental um, in what they've been doing and been working hard. 
and essentially so there's, there's there's obviously it requires funding and stuff like that so there's supporters barbecue there's donations there's like people donate items which are raffled off and everything like that and it was very nice sometimes spurs will send um spurs legends uh who work do match day hospitality at the club and um at, to the atma palms where i believe i took you andrew and todd and dakota when you came here and i think i've took i remember famously taking scott and cat there as well <laughs> yeah to the queen scott to the queen you can do it I, you can't do it but me and cat can Never, but um, yeah it was really that. great because like <laughs> but um what's the word uh, no it was really great because like mickey was there he was his charming self uh pat jennings for those um who are well obviously pat jennings is before my time way before my time but he's a spurs legend he's like literally he's considered to be the greatest keeper in spurs history and um he has like and he's got hands like i think your basketball players have hands that big so he's just an absolute legend a very soft spoken irishman and um yeah just a really lovely guy and spurs in the blood mickey has obviously spurs in the blood has been there was, was there since he was 14 um, helping Ryan Mason through and they were just talking about what their hopes are for Spurs what they're looking to see um, obviously they were asked about Harry Kane which does it seems to be quite a bit of a trend going on with that <laughs> and um, yeah and a lot of people are being asked about Harry Kane <laughs> so what he said and that, like Mickey is what well, is a lovely guy and so like Mickey said and I he said like I won three trophies he won two FA Cups uh, UEFA Cup he um, he said that like, people won't remember me which is rubbish because people will remember people love mickey it's a very well loved guy but he said look harry has a chance to be a legend and yeah he, he talk, i think i can't remember who we spoke i can't remember if it was him or someone else but they spoke about how there are some players who actually have medals but they're not someone you consider to be legends of the game they just happen to be on winning teams they just happen to have had those medals whereas harry has a chance to really cement his place in history in terms of setting individual records not just with Tottenham, but within the Premier League itself, because clearly football didn't exist before the Premier League. And he also spoke about, like he said, look, he, he gave props to Romero. He said, look, Romero's a world-class centre-back, but he's our only world-class centre-back, and we need to give him a partner. And it kind of got, I mean, Andrew spoke off-air about, like, I've, I've been very lucky. I've, I've been able to meet Ledley and Yamatongan and a few other Spurs centre-halves, and I've it was really weird because I was like, Ledley is probably the best event I've ever seen for Spurs. And he really was. And I think I saw him play once with Jonathan Woodgate in the League Cup final, which we won. But it was so rare because Ledley was always injured or Woodgate was always injured. But if someone tells me the best centre-half pairing I've ever seen, it would be Jan and Toby. And um, we just, and he says, like, we need to build that because, you know, you know we're talking about like, playing style. Do we play defensive? And then, like, you know, and then which is really boring or do we play open out reopen really up then we risk of being caught on the counter and then obviously there was talk i think i think um pat jones spoke about this like we, if we get if, if, if kane does move on for 100 million but that is the cost of you know that's, that's the revenue for getting from being in the champions league so is it worth it so yeah i mean the, the harry kane is like the question that everyone is it's on everyone's mind um but like i said i think we I think he was asked by by Theo in a very respectful manner, unlike other people who remain nameless. And um, yeah, but like I said, it was a really just a really good day. Um, yeah, pe yeah, and it was good because there were people just bringing whole families, whole generations there. Like you, had, I saw like 
people there with their great grandchildren. Tottenham isn't about trophies. It really isn't. We've we have won trophies, but have we won trophies the way Man United or Liverpool have won them? No. I mean Arsenal have got a better record in the pickup than we do. But I've always said that Tottenham is about really for me, about being with your mates. And I've always said that the that's it, the 19 minutes you have you spend at the state at that at the match is the smallest part of your day. It's the two, three hours before. It's the two or three hours afterwards. It's the constant chats of your mates. That for me is Spurs. And um, I think that's what Mickey does, because I think Mickey was one of those players that he isn't as heralded as, say, Ozil Adeles on or on Glenn Hoddle. But to have as many caps, as, to have as many appearances, um, you know, for Spurs at a time when we played 4 4 2. So you can only two in the middle. There was only like, what, one? I mean, I, I said to him, you only had two centers, not two substitutes. No, we only had one. We only had one substitute. That's how hard it was to be getting up to games at that time. They, there was a lot of talk. It was really about center halves, who, that we do need to get something in. And does Harry stay or does he go? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the, the conversation about will Harry stay or go is has kind of been the dominant topic. And um, there was, of course, an incident on... You know, I believe it was Friday or Saturday uh, before what would have been this this preseason match uh, that was that was canceled in in Thailand against Leicester. Um, and Ange Postacoglu had to deal with a what I would describe as a rogue journalist uh, from a German outlet that, you know, comes to the press conference and decides it would be funny to kind of poke fun and ask, a, frankly, what's a bullshit question to Postacoglu in this press conference. And then he holds up a. Bayern Munich Harry Kane number nine kit um and he was obviously trying to, to to make some kind of um you know gimmick out of out of this whole saga but I I do think this this was the the moment and the point at least for me Scott where I kind of just ran out of patience for this whole ongoing thing between Kane and Bayern this feels like it's it's it hasn't been as long or as lengthy as the Man City one from a few seasons ago or a few summers ago um but this one feels a lot more annoying to me because it just feels like there's there's it at least to me and and I know that some people may disagree but to me this feels like it has way less of a chance of actually happening than the city one did a few seasons ago and therefore it's more annoying to me I don't do you feel any of that yet with this whole saga i mean i'm definitely i'm definitely tired of the whole Kane saga and i i have been since before this this little stunt which all i'll say on that is childish and it just it really reminded me as if you know one of these tweets that we see underneath official club tweets just personified into this person right who who somehow was in this press conference but um, anyways, whatever it is, what it is, right? Pasta Cugly did a wonderful job of, of fielding that question too, in my opinion. Um, but the saga is is irritating. It's annoying. It happens every summer. Um, you know, you guys know know this because we talked about it yesterday in our group chat. But I'm at the point where I'm really ready for either the club or Harry Kane to come out and and say something. I think this club has a history from the, from the club side, right. Of, of, of keeping things very close to, to the chest and not really wanting to expose much from a PR standpoint. And we've got people who run the club that are very quiet and in, in, from the PR perspective, as far as the, the scope of, of what we see. Right. Um, 
So I'm not terribly surprised. Uh, I, I actually, you know, I know people even on this podcast aren't going to agree with me, but I call on Harry Kane to come out and say something. And I know that it has to be very calculated. And I understand that he's trying to, to, to do his best to, to, I guess, just go quietly through it. And I don't mean leave the club when I say go, but just go through this process as quietly as possible. I do understand that, but for me personally, and again, just me personally, I really think that the best way for him to protect his legacy, whether he stays or goes, is to be open with the fans. Um, for example, if Kane came out and said, I, I have not signed a new contract yet, you know, there's, st- there's still a season ahead of us. I'm very excited about things that are going on right now, but I do want to make sure that I make the best decision for me and my family, and therefore, you know, I'm taking things into calculation. I think that would be wonderful. And I think that would be Kane telling me everything that we've assumed is going on. Right. But it would be really nice to hear it. Um, the more we don't hear from Kane, the more speculation does happen. And the more that snowballs into, into chatter and, and things can get really nasty really quickly. Right. So I would love for, for Kane to come out and just tell us fans something. And I frankly think that we deserve that for, for, you know, every, everything that we do for the club. Um, and I, I, that kind of sounds weird to say, but it's the truth, right? The fans do so much for the club, and in turn, the club does so much for the fans. But I don't think it's unfair for fans to, to want information at this point, right? Because it's a distraction. If I'm Pastaklogu, I'm frustrated, and I think we see that he is growing frustrated with this whole situation, right? And, and of course, he has information that we don't have, but the distraction is real. It's there. Um, and for this, what? four summer in a row at least, and I'm talking before the whole city saga, we've gone through this will Kane stay or will he go thing. Uh, it's on the press without question. We understand that, but there are people directly tied to all of this that have the power to, to quiet all of that chatter for the press as well, and I think that's what I'm asking for. I I continue to just live in this world kind of in the middle where I get people that, you know, think that this should, is still something that should be enter- entertained just because of the whole. And I know you've had a little bit of this, Scott, where you you really don't want to lose this guy on a free next year. You feel like that would be the, one of the worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I do get that. There's the, you know, what we would call the cash in crowd uh, who want Spurs to be able to cash in on, on Kane's potential value right now um, and just get what you can for him rather than lose him on a free. I get that side of it. I'm also on the, I guess what I would lovingly refer to as the more sentimental crowd where they just want this guy to stay no matter what. And even if they do happen to have to lose him on a free next year, it's worth it to them to have this guy here. I get that side of it too. I've kind of been firmly planted in the middle, but I think your point about the press and what the press has kind of made this, and this speaks to the, you know, the incident we saw in the press conference, what the press has made this, pisses me off more than anything and annoys me more than anything. And I, I almost am taking the role of sounding a little bit like Todd with the media criticism here. <laughs> I get that, but it is, this has been, this is why transfer season in general just is not my, my time. It's not my, my place. Um, I, I hate it. I can't stand transfer season because of this, this bullshit that's gone on with the Harry Kane saga. And I, I get that these people have a job to do, but a lot of the stuff that gets peddled and and look, a lot of this blame I'm putting on aggregators too, because aggregators will report anything that any Joe Schmo says. And it's, it turns it, you know, a spark turns into a flame, turns into a full on wildfire uh, with a rumor or uh, some bullshit. And that's why so much 
just has to get filtered out by real journalists and and what is said and that's why this incident on saturday or friday whenever it was that's why it really set me off and and kind of pushed me over the cliff on i'm tired of this shit i just want you know the end of the window to come and for something to be decided so we have something concrete to talk about because right now we just don't know yeah exactly and i think you know back to back to what i said earlier the aggregators the press all of it there are a few people hurricanes one of them who have the power to end all of that right very quickly to quiet everybody on twitter quiet everybody behind a keyboard whether they're professionals or not right um and i'm just i'm just gonna say this to get it off my chest i i really mean it i know it's so easy to say this but i just don't care if he stays or goes i really don't like i whatever he wants just do it man because like first of all i'm gonna say this and i preface this with I have so much respect for Harry Kane, best player to ever wear the shirt, but he's had three chances to win us a trophy. It hasn't happened, right? So, and, and it's okay, but I'm saying that him being here, in my mind, does not increase the probability of us winning trophies. We have a lot of work to do, right? Harry Kane being here or not being here, sure, it could it could really help an FA Cup run or something like that. Back to Shivon's point about FA Cups and League Cups, whatever, right? Legacies can be bigger than that, but... All I'm saying is whether Kane wants to stay or go, I just don't care. I'm a Tottenham fan. I don't expect us to win things. I'm going to turn on that TV and fucking sing my face off no matter if Kane's up top or not. So just like whatever you want to do, dude, just like just tell us or do it or whatever so we can move on as a football club. Um, I love Harry Kane to death, but I really, really just need this to stop. Um, and, and again, if you if you need to go, Kane, just go, dude. We, we love you. Best of luck. If you're here, awesome. Just make a decision and let us know what that is, please. Yeah, I, Scotty, I hear everything you just said, and I don't even think any of it was, was controversial. I feel very much the same way. I, I think the part of me that really wants Kane to stay is the sentimental side that just loves seeing this dude banging goal after goal for this club and has life loved that for his entire career. Um, but from the practical side... Obviously, it's it's two parties and really three if you consider Bayern actually in this thing. It's three parties involved, and it can't just be Kane coming out and saying, you know, I want to leave or I want to stay, and then that naturally Whoa. happens because Spurs have to have they have say in this because there's a contract involved. So that's what makes it so tough. And the club, you know, as you know, the club is never just going to come out and say we are definitively not selling Harry Kane because then PSG comes in with some weirdo 180 million pound bid and then how the fuck do you say no to that you can't box yourself in a corner 100 100 i think honestly the best the best thing i can say to that and and i'm glad that you framed that the way you did because i wanted to jump in with this but but you know you you led me to it which is again kane has the power to come out and change all of the narrative here kane could come out and say for example um i love tottenham with all my heart i want what's best for tottenham we haven't gotten a bid that we feel is right for, for me, but I do know that I want to move on. This will be my last year with Spurs. I love you all to death. Let's go have a great season. Come on, you Spurs. Like I would be like, fuck yeah, let's go roll, baby. Come on. Like, let's do and it. And you know what? That's totally fair. That's too. all I ask for. That that's totally fair too. But at the same time, you know, here's the other thing. If Kane is going to play this season and then you know says this is his final season at Spurs, he's also cutting himself off 
because he's got to leave everything open for himself as well through you know well, getting I mean, through he could this, still yeah. sign a contract and we would be like awesome you changed your mind love you thanks you know like, that and and that's and honestly you've you've gone to come to the root of this whole thing whereas I think the thing that's pissing me off the most is not even the media or the aggregators or Kane or the club or Bayern. I think it's just the fact that all of this is so unresolved and, and I'm not a mm-hmm. speculative person. I, I I like to talk about what we know and, and absolutes. And this is such a, an unknown still three weeks to go before the start of the season. Um, and that's, what's frustrating me. And, and, I, I think that there's probably a, a good bit of Spurs fans who feel the same way. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying it and I'm letting you all just, you know, be in your feels about it right now. Cause it's kind of just, I think it's the uncertainty of it all. That's, that's like I said, the most frustrating part. And uh, it's like I said, it's, we're coming down to it. One thing that really annoyed me is like Wayne Rooney said that, Oh, um, Harry Kane's like a prisoner. I mean, like you can say the press is saying stuff like that, but there's, I remember Michael Owen, this is oh, about I don't know, 18 years ago now, when he was about to leave Liverpool to go to Real Madrid. And there was no one saying, oh, he's a prisoner, Liverpool should let him go, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to say there's, Spurs, there's an agenda against Spurs, but I just feel that we're a very easy club to piss off. Let's talk briefly about this friendly that we witnessed uh, at midweek. Uh, <laughs> West Ham 3, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur 2. Why is that funny, Shuban? I'm not... I'm... Because see, what, what it was is you had all these Spurs fans losing their shit about it. Like, oh, we're shot over. Well, blah, blah, blah. I know. And, and that's like, where. And I was I was trying. I just, I just said, I just couldn't stop giggling because to those who, I don't know, I was actually, there was a Spurs friendly where we beat Roma 5 0 or something. And, uh, that, and that was under Hondo Ramos. And then we had the worst start we've ever had in the Premier League. Or something we had like two points from eight games that, that was famously the samosa season like everyone making butt jokes like oh what's it between spurs and a samosa oh a samosa has three points you know they're doing all that kind of yeah. stuff to us and it was just like and it's just like do you know what i don't i don't know much about say us like generally you have your baseball spring training and you do friendly matches and stuff like that i don't know what comparison is but it's just like here's the thing it's they first of all it's a training ground exercise. It's just a glorified training ground exercise. It just happens to be selling tickets for it. That's basically what it is. So, I mean, yes, but there will be a ramp up here. I mean, this was the first one. So we saw, I mean, it's important to point out, we basically saw a full, you know, like 22 player slate because it was 11 for the first half and a new 11 for the second half, which I thought was, you know, probably the right approach, but an interesting approach. Nonetheless, um, you know, let's let's just go through it, though. I mean, like I, I was going to preface this entire conversation with you cannot and you should not. And on this podcast, we will not be making grand conclusions about not only preseason friendlies, but one preseason friendly, the first preseason friendly and in which, uh, you know, 11 players played 45 minutes and a new 11 played the second 45 minutes. However, is there anything that stood out to any of us about any of the players that we saw in this match. Um, I'll just continue to say, and it's a conversation we're going to have here after we talk about this friendly for a moment, but the center backs are still very concerning. I do know that much. Um, But other than that, I don't have any grand conclusions or disillusions to make about this match. Scotty, where where were you at after watching this thing? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we saw 
some glimpses of, of you know, what could what could be under Postacoglu. I think um, from a positive standpoint, LaCelso looked really good progressing the ball. He was very brave. Um, Madison wanted the ball. He's got some things to learn, you know, as far as playing with the guys around him. I think that'll certainly increase every single match. But he really wanted to be involved in the progression, and it's something we haven't seen, you know, in a while on this team. So we saw from both of those guys, I think. Um, on the negative side, I was concerned about Poro and Regulon. Um, I was concerned before the match. I, I, my, my concerns, I think, were, were, were affirmed right in this match because both of their one-on-one defending was just really shaky and led to a couple of goals. Just man-marking wasn't tight. And, um, you know, they can, they can shake that out pretty quickly. But um, I think that the fullback position is something that we're probably probably working through. I did see that this in the lead-up to the canceled Leicester match, uh, Udogi was playing opposite uh, flank of Poro, so uh, in that in that first team or whatever in training, right? So I think maybe Postecoglou wants want to see what Udogi can look like paired with Poro. Um, and I did see that that first eleven in the build-up to Leicester had Davies playing alongside Romero at the center back position, which I thought was also interesting because I think Tanganga was okay, but he was really shaky on the ball and. If I manage Postecoglou the way the way I'm an, I want my team playing, a center back who doesn't look confident on the ball is just something that's an absolute no no cannot happen. So I think that that you know that the the Davies playing in the first team in the build up is telling and leads into the, the center back conversation itself, right? Because Davies cannot be our starting center back this season. Uh, no disrespect to him, right? But um, yeah, those are probably my, my biggest takeaways is that. We are we are getting a couple things worked out, but we're definitely seeing the frame work for how he wants to play. I'm really glad that you brought up that lineup because, like you mentioned, we did get a a starting eleven for the Leicester match that never happened um, because of the the waterlogged pitch. Um, I, I'm I'm as concerned as you are about fullbacks. I'm I'm still concerned about, like I mentioned, center backs. Um, I agree with you on LaCelso. I thought the goal he scored was, you know, a little bit right place at the right time, but also like knowing to be at the right place at the right time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Udogi's goal was exciting. I-, I wasn't entirely sure how intentional the the backward header was, but I thought it was really cool to see. Maybe it was. I was. I think I asked the question in our group chat: Was that saucy or or was that lucky? Um, and and yeah. I want to believe it. Oh, I want to believe it was saucy. Uh, but, um, you know, overall, I think to your point about Angeball, you know, we, this, this does look like it's going to be very all gas and no breaks at at times. I think that was the other takeaway I had, especially what we saw out of Spurs in the second half, that second half unit, I felt like obviously performed better, you know, won their quote unquote half two one versus the first half one, which lost, lost two nil. Um, I thought the second half really Spurs were just on the gas the whole time. And that, that. It, there were yeah. some really exciting moments in the second half of up and down the pitch and and like what were what were what we kind of remember seeing um before these these past two couple of defensive managers right yeah I mean, and and you 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 bring up one more point that i wanted to point out you know especially with regards to the second half i think richarlison had had a couple uh rough moments when it came to finishing but he got himself into really really good space and, and really good positions in this system, right? I think that's something that is very easy to not think about. You know, it, in this system, Richarlison looked very comfortable. The finishing will come. And 
obviously Harry Kane will get this worked out in a matter of weeks, right? But but Harry Kane didn't look terribly comfortable in this system. And I chalk that up to the last two years, him having to do so much in the buildup, right? Then no longer will he be required to do that. So he's going to have to figure some things out. Um, but I thought, I thought, you know, for all the stick Richarlison got for missing a couple of chances, he looked really good in this system. And and this is, this is Brazil's number nine, like he can finish. Right. So I'll be sure. very curious to see how, how, how he settles into to the system under Postacogo. I suspect he'll play really well. The other player I wanted to shout out before we wrap this conversation up is, uh, is Manor Solomon. I thought looked very lively. Um, and Sonny did not play in this game. He had taken a, 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 a tiny knock, um, before, before the match was played. Um, also no Tangi and Dombele. There was a brief, brief training, training knock for, for both of those players. So we didn't see either of them, but I thought Solomon who had believe started the match. I believe he played in the first half. I thought he looked very lively, um, during this one as well, which I'm, I'm interested in. I'm interested in, in what role he's going to play going into this season and, and, and what we'll get to see out of all of that. Um, so I think that's, that's really fun. Um, I, I, I did want to point out there is one more, uh, preseason friendly on this tour. It happens this Wednesday in Singapore. Spurs will play Lion City Sailors. This was originally a match that was scheduled against Roma, but they backed out. So Spurs needed to find a, a, another team to play. So they're going to play um, a team from Singapore on Wednesday, Lion City Sailors. Um, and the only other thing I want to point out is when you watch these matches on Spurs play, to my friends at, at the club who run Spurs play, give me some better playback options because if I want to go back and watch a replay of this match, I've got to either watch it at normal speed, like one X speed or two X. And I would like something a little bit in between. I would like a little bit of a sped up match experience, uh, maybe like a, a 1.2 a 1.5, a 1.8 option for me. That would be really great because I don't want to watch a, a match at two X speed. That's too fast, but one X speed, I'd like to at least cut down on my watch time on these a little bit. So um, let's let's get on that Spurs play. That would be really great. Um, I would really enjoy it. Uh, center backs. This is this is the, the conversation I really wanted to have because we talked about center backs a few weeks ago, and I asked, you know, I can't remember if both of you guys were on the pod, but I asked whoever was on the pod that week. I said, are you concerned that Spurs are – I know Todd was because Todd went after me a little bit, but – you know, are you concerned that Spurs are leaving on tour having not signed any new senior center backs? And I know Todd was not concerned, but now we are, we're a couple weeks later. We're, th- we're three weeks away from a match instead of five weeks away. Spurs have still not brought in any new senior center backs. There was, um, of course, rumor that Spurs were going to sign uh, Ashley Phillips, who is an 18 year old, kind of a one for the future. Uh, from Blackburn for three million in add-ons earlier this week. That report was made by Charlie Eccleshare. Um, but now there have been reports uh, from other outlets, um, which I'm not I'm not entirely sure how reliable they they may or may not be because who knows what what a blue check mark means on Twitter these days. But um, it, rumor has it that Blackburn is increasing that price, and and there's now uh, no word on whether or not the deal has officially been done. But that's a that's a youth center back. I'm talking about senior center backs. And I I put up a poll on the Tottenham Depot Twitter account earlier this week um, at Tottenham Depot for those who don't follow us. And I asked simply how many center backs will the club bring in before the end of the window? I gave the options of zero, one, or two or more. Um, and I think everybody knows based on our conversations on the pod that I'm talking about senior center backs and, and maybe even starting caliber center backs here because that's what this club has wanted to do. 
Um, two plus won the vote with 52.8%. Uh, one got 37.5%. And those who are kind of really being pessimistic, those are the 9.7 percenters uh, who said they will bring in no new starting center backs. Um, Scott, I'm going to bring this to you, man, because I still kind of remain a little bit skeptical and, and concerned, but where are you at with this club and center backs right now and how they, you know, I know there's still three weeks, but that also leaves quite the time crunch to, to get a, a new, hopefully starting caliber center back acclimated before, you know, this season can, can go forward. Do we think we're going to be a little bit late on this? I, I, I don't know. I can't really tell. Um, I think on one hand, history leads the, the the Spurs fan to be concerned here, right? Leaving things late in the window, blah, blah, blah. I also point out that we got in a couple of key pieces very quickly, right? Earlier in the window that we needed to address and goalkeeper and, and attacking midfield presence, right? Even brought in Solomon. So there there are good things that have happened. I think I think the delayed transfers and if you know if we could cite Tapsobo or VDV, Vandeven, right, or um, even Laporte. There's there's grumblings of that, right? I think if we were, if 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 it were on us, and you know, delayed tactics, and you know, failing to 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 pay what clubs are asking for, um, we wouldn't have gotten some of these early deals done as quickly as we did, right? I think we've proved that we're trying to act swiftly and quickly. So I I just suspect that there's moving pieces that the average fan just can't comprehend or understand, right, that are leading to the delays here. Um, but I do think the club is doing its best to get people in quickly. I also would point out and and shout out to Harry Brooks, who, you know, Shivon introduced me two years ago and, and is, is a lovely follow on Twitter. I can't think of his handle. Sorry, Harry Brooks, if you're listening, right, I'll do better to, to shout you out properly next time. But I did want to to point out a tweet he put out, and, and he's 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 a professional coach, right? He he trains youth players up into uh, uh, up into first teams. Essentially, would be a, a recap of what Harry does. And Harry points out that for a center back in this type of system, it's going to take a matter of like a couple a couple training sessions to have them up to speed as to what's expected of them, right? And there are other positions on the field that are are much more. Uh, um, we could say intrinsic when it comes to the learning required here. So, um, you know, that gives me a little bit of, of hope and faith that, that everything's going to be just fine. But I, I, I'll close this rant by saying that I do understand why any Spurs fan would be concerned because we have a history of leaving things way late in the window and then missing our targets and, and kind of falling flat on our ass. So I do understand the concern. Harry Brooks, by the way, is H Brooks underscore coach on Twitter. If anyone would Thank like you. to drop a follow, Thank I'm not you. sure why I need to, to help out a guy who has like 17,000 followers, but there you go. That, that's that's <laughs> what his, uh, his handle is. Um, it's, it's, I, it's, it's I, I hear, I, that's what it is. you know, that's just, that's me. Magnanimous bloke. That's, that's, that's who I am. Um, I, I hear what you're saying about the center backs. I remain concerned that this club is going to come away from this window with like Clement Longley back and Ben Davis and Eric Dyer all to kind of just play that left center back role. And that's what we're going to roll into the year with. And that would be concerning to me. That would be not good at all. Um, I, I fear I like, that's like a worst case scenario for me. Um, and I think that's there. I also think there's a non-zero chance. So I, I'm just going to, 
I think I said this like a week or two ago. Like I, I'm a little concerned about it. That's all. I would like to see something get over the line. But again, I'm not even a transfer guy. And I, I don't normally concern myself with these things. But if there was one thing coming into the into the transfer window that I said we needed to get on and improve, it was at the center back spot. Um, so I, I, I remain waiting to be, you know, waiting to be impressed by what Spurs are going to be able to do in the window. And um, I just, I don't know, makes makes me a little nervous. That's all. Um Gentlemen, I, that's about it on the men's side of things. I did want to talk about the the Spurs women for uh, just a, a brief moment. There wasn't really a ton of news um, out of camp this week in terms of Spurs women, um, just because the World Cup is going on. There was, however, a lot of really good um, social media posts um, about the new head coach, uh, Robert Villam. Uh, so go check the the Spurs socials for some of that. There were some interviews and, and you know, bios and things like that that were very interesting to learn about the uh, the new head coach over there um there was also an announcement of the wsl uh fixture list for the season spurs women will open up uh, actually sunday october 1st at stanford bridge they're going to play chelsea uh, at the bridge that is the first match of the wsl season the first home match for spurs is a week later uh, against bristol city that is at brisbane road um, as of now, no matches are scheduled, no home matches scheduled to be played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But I would imagine that that's going to change throughout the year when they can find time to get them into the big stadium. Uh, Spurs are also set to play at the King Power Stadium when they face Leicester, which is which will be cool. Uh, that match is in uh, mid-November, but um, full full fixture list is out for the season. Be uh, you know interesting to see how Spurs do on the table this season. But um, the real kind of show this week has been the, the world cup obviously and and scott you and i briefly spoke about it uh, earlier in the show but um just kind of checking in on on some of the results from you know players who are involved at spurs um both becky spencer and drew spence uh, with jamaica earned a draw against france which is a really i think that's the first point ever for jamaica in in a women's world cup which is really really cool um they both started in that match uh the new signing Luana Buller. Uh, and Switzerland defeated the Philippines 2-0 earlier in the week. Um, checked in with Caroline. She played on the uh, in the right center back spot. She was Caroline. Caroline has been watching all of these matches and reporting back. I, I want to shout her out. Um, she has been killing it in the Women's World Cup space, as you would expect from, from someone like Caroline, who does such a, a great job following all football. Um, and... She said that she played on the right, the right center back spot, had a good match. Um, obviously, I, I'm really interested in that because that's one part of uh, this Spurs women's side that really needs to change is the center back spot, kind of like the men's side, to be perfectly honest. Um, and then uh, England got a win, Shuban, as well, 1 0 over Haiti, but we did not see Beth England in that match. Uh, so England off to a, a winning start. The US also off to a winning start, by the way. Uh, I'm sure you saw that 3 0 over Vietnam. Not as impressive as I would have liked, but uh, it was still a victory, right? So, first thing, I'm hoping uh, I think Kaz because Kaz does a pod. Is it Spurs? I can't remember. Is it Spurs Women? Is that the name of her pod? N Seventeen Women is the is the is the pod uh, that, that that Caroline does on the women's team. Yes, because I'm hoping she can help me answer why on earth when England needs a goal and you've got di- goal scoring dynamite in Beth England, why she didn't come as a sub? I'm hoping that we talked about it last week. Answered. Yeah. We we talked about it last week a little bit, and, or maybe it was the week before. Yeah, it's 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 an it's a it's a situation right now for for the England national team for sure. And here's and here's another bigger rant: if you don't like the Women's World Cup, then just keep your mouth shut. 
John, mate, you don't need to go, go on social media and slag it off. Just if you don't like it, don't watch it. I don't get why people have to do that. And social media, as Andrew's called, is a, is a cesspool, and it is. But it's like if you don't like something, just don't watch it. You don't need to go and say, oh, I don't know why, blah, 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 why, I, I, I don't know, bullshit. Just don't watch it. You know, so that, that's 100%. Me, that's, that's even I, Sorry. And li- and no, no, you're you're 100% right. And look, if you don't like us talking about all, all, you know, the Women's World Cup, you know, just don't listen to the rest of the pod. That's I'm I'm I, like, I, I don't really want people who don't like great football to, 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 to be listening to this. I want, you know, our, our listeners to be uh, learned and and and, you know, maybe open their eyes to, to something that they don't watch normally. Um, and honestly, if you're turning the pot off now, we're just going to talk about you at the end of the pod. That's what we do every week. So if you're the type that doesn't listen to this section, we, we talk shit about you at the end of the podcast. So maybe stick around and you can hear that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a pet peeve of mine. It's just, it's just something that really annoys me. So I just, I just no, get I, it out there. So, yeah, I hear you. Look, people, people love to, to yuck other people's yum, which is a big problem. Uh, you know, it's, that's why social media has become <laughs> what it is. Before. It's yeah, it's, it's the same. It's the same with the <laughs> it's the same with the people that are like you know the Barbie fans who are yelling at the Oppenheimer fans and the Oppenheimer fans who are yelling at the Barbie fan. Like I went and saw both of them this weekend. They're both fucking great. Go enjoy like cinema in a theater. Uh, both movies were outstanding, and I love them for different reasons. And I'm really glad I went. Let people enjoy things is 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 one of my mantras. So uh, no, I, I I totally hear you. That's that's well said, Shiva. Um. I'm, I'm excited to keep watching the women's world cup uh, when I can uh, in the hours that I can, I know I'll be definitely tuned in for the U S women again this week. They play at a, a really reasonable time for me as a, as a Pacific time zone er. Uh, I think it's another 6 PM game, right? Scott on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, that's actually yeah. a rematch of last, last uh, world cups final against the Netherlands. So that will be something that I am locked in on. And, um, and it's it's really cool. In fact, my my wife, who is not really like a, a huge soccer watcher, like she's really into it. And she said, "Do you want to go out somewhere on Wednesday to watch the game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think I might." Like happy hour sounds kind of fun. So this is something that's bringing yep. people in to the game um, who don't normally pay as much attention. So I, you know, my wife being being one of them. So I think that's cool, and I'm I'm all about that. So uh, even if it's not your you know your number one priority, it's still a, a cool thing that's happening and. Um, we enjoy talking about it. So if you don't well, like the, the women's cup, world cup, don't tell us, we don't care. <laughs> you say, you say this, this world cup has brought out the, the soccer fan in your wife. This world cup has brought out what every match in, in, in world football brings out in my wife, which is just screaming at the TV at <laughs> yeah. you know, 11 PM at night. So yeah. especially during South Africa last night, every misplaced pass. If I was, if I'm a player, I do not misplace passes because I do not want the wrath of my wife. It's fucking unacceptable. Perfection is required, uh, and and uh, you know, poor. That surprises me. Africa Your wife is so, that, so. That surprises me, Scott. Your wife is an absolute shrinking violet that would never say boo to a goose. She might eat it raw, <laughs> but you would never say boo to a goose. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on this side of the I'm, I'm glad I'm on this side of the ocean because cat was still finding me anyway. <laughs> oh my god. you know, you, you said you'd never heard uh yuck my yum. I've never heard say boo to a goose, so I think we're even on the uh the the American <laughs> slash English colloquialisms. <laughs> I think that I that's a that's a new uh, one by me. Uh, I really I really enjoy it. it. 
Never, never, Shubon's never going to run out of opportunities to have us questioning what he's talking about with, with his, with his, with no. his British sayings without no, questions. No, no, no question, I do like it. So those, for those of you who don't, don't know this, I have um, this lovely Arizona Spurs t- football shirt, and I put pond water in the back of my shirt for Romero. <laughs> And it's, I'm having to explain essentially, um, like why is pond water because it's Romero's number and pond water. What? And so, so like, yeah, let, hold on, Shuban. For for some of our new listeners, yeah, pond water and Romero. Because I know we do have a bunch of, of of new listeners, especially in the in in on the continent of Australia. Shout out to to our new listeners in Australia. By the way, I know. Uh, the hiring of Ange Postecoglou has, 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 cheated us. has in, cheated us. All right. Hey, we're not we're not slating our Australian listeners, okay, Shuban. I'm trying to to, to welcome am. them. Uh, and <laughs> but but for those who don't know, the pond water thing was one of like the original like things on this podcast. This podcast, which is entering you know the, like a third full season of covering Spurs and talking about Spurs. Uh, one of the early things was when we signed Romero. You were like. This guy reminds me of toxic pond water. He's just grimy. He'll get in there. He'll he'll get in for a tackle. So pond water has become a a a Romero nickname. I think in this podcast only. You've tried to make it a thing, but I don't, I'm not sure it's really taken off. But I love the the nickname. So I, I just want to fill in our new listeners on who pond water is before you go on with this story. Well, what well, what it was? They were asking me, and I said like, basically, yeah, we have, we, as I said that we have a lovely lady from Texas, and she was like, I said, I said, he's like feels like toxic pond water, filthy. And we have a lovely lovely lady from Texas, Kaz, and she's like, and she was, Kaz was like, is that a compliment? And I still remember her saying yeah. that. Ask, is that a yeah. compliment? <laughs> and she was so confused. yeah do you want to be described as gross toxic pond water like but in this instance yeah it was kind of like yeah that we we, we mean filthy, it in a good yeah, way. It, 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 yeah yeah i meant in a good way but um, it was great and like i said to be uh, and just to, um another thing is that um i was able to give a shout out which you will see us later on twitter um to a shout out to Phil mcgee's because for those of you who don't know obviously they there are always those four thirty matches that scotty has as well as, well as andrew uh, and, and I think even on like the one thirty matches on a Sunday, and so these poor guys, like getting to the pub, uh, I don't know, an hour before it opens to get it all ready at that time to make sure you guys are served. And I, and I really, I implored uh, Mickey to give a shout out. And I, and although it's just been McGee's on my shirt, that's because Scotty hasn't given me a Witsend football shirt. Say out was first shirt with Whitstone as a sponsor. That's the reason why I haven't been able to give them a shout out. And to be fair, Ben has not given me a San Diego shirt's first shirt, which has the harp on it. So that's for me giving out three. Yeah, I can't speak for San three, Diego, um, but first pubs. In, it, yeah, yeah, I can't speak for San Diego, but in Seattle, we're just we kind we kind of we kind of live differently up here, man. We don't do things officially, so we're uh. We're just we're just up here tucked in the Pacific Northwest. You can't expect yeah. much from us, all right? It's very loosey goosey up there. Uh, very, yeah. you know, everybody's everybody's a little more laid back, I suppose. No, I, Shubin, you're yeah. you're 100 right. These uh, and and look, I Spurs being over in the Asia Pacific is you know bringing this conversation to light because there are a lot of fans over there who wake up at absurd hours during the season as well uh, to watch matches. Our matches, yeah, they come on pretty early, but. I mean, hell, my alarm goes off at like 4.30 on, on work mornings. I'm an early riser. It do, it's not much for me to get up for a, a 5 a.m., a 6 a.m., a 7 a.m. match. Uh, we do have some of those 4 a.m. matches out here on the West Coast, which is definitely difficult. Um, but, you know, this conversation has been brought to light by some of the 
you know, Australian fans, Asian fans. Paul Sakago has even talked about this uh, in in some of his press conferences, talking about growing up in Australia and waking up to watch Premier League matches. So, yes, it's a it's a an awesome point and a, a great thing to shout out um, because we are coming up on that season. I think uh, I think the first I think the first match against Brentford, the first Premier League match of the season, is like a seven a.m. on a Sunday morning, which you know. Like I said, not a big deal for me, but I know for a lot of people, that's a very early time to wake up on a Sunday morning for the West Coasters. So uh, I can only imagine that is, you know, in Hawaii or, you know, in the Asia Pacific, like I said. So it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know how, how some folks folks do that in the middle of the night type of stuff. It's kind of what, what we're dealing with right now with the World Cup to bring it full circle. Um, the World mm-hmm. Cup absurd and i just can't watch them like the third u.s game i think is on at midnight and it's a, it's a it's a work night for me man it's a school night i gotta get up early i'm not gonna be able to to watch that unless i really mess up my sleep schedule so uh i'll watch that one on the replay but it it, it it's it's kind of how i'm gonna be watching these preseason matches as well because a lot of them are at, at absurd hours and just watching them on replay which is again brings me back to the point spurs play get on that playback speed um we really need to let that happen uh, because that is a, a big pain in the ass having to sit through like a full 90 minutes or half of that and <laughs> players running around at 2x speed is not, you can't really learn anything for, or see anything from that. So uh, that's going to do it for this week on the Tottenham Depot. This has been a fun one, gentlemen. Thank you for uh, jumping on with me on this fine Sunday. Thank you for letting me watch the end of the golf, even though there wasn't much drama to it uh, before we recorded. Uh, Scott can be found at DSM Spurs. Shuban is at the real Shuban. You can follow me at a Stedka. Be sure also to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tottenham Depot or reach out to us via email at Tottenham Depot at gmail.com. Uh, until next week, we will have another friendly to talk about and much more from the World Cup as well, I'm sure. This has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>